All right, guys, welcome back to the Couch Scouts. I'm Sean here with Jimmy and former Pro Bowl linebacker from the Seattle Seahawks, Lofa Tatupu. I, wait, did I pronounce that right? Lofa Tatupu? Lofa Tatupu. You got it, man. You probably got one of the few that pronounced it right the first time. <laughs> I got to say, it's one of my favorite nouns to pronounce. Like, uh, like Nandi Osmo, I love pronouncing that name. Um, Ozigbo. There's a few in the NFL that have, like, just You want to know how I pronounced Nandi's name back on Madden when he used to play Madden? Nanamdi Asamuga. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much how it's spelled, right? I, I pronounced it exactly how it's spelled. Double N and everything. Well, I used to wear his jersey in high school. Like, uh, you know, like they had like football Fridays. No one knew even who he was. Because first of all, we live in New York. So no one cared oh, about yeah. the Oakland Raiders. And then everyone's like, well, how do you even say that? Like, is that even a real word? Nanamdi was a beast, man. Yeah. <laughs> Love Nandi. Uh, Lofa, I was reading in high school that – well, I was reading in your high school days, you played quarterback linebacker. My first thought was, like, what a wild combination. <laughs> like, you hear, like, running back safety, wide receiver, defensive line even. I've never heard someone play quarterback linebacker, and I thought that's, like, the perfect – the media's perfect perception of quarterbacks today, right? Like, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. You know, meanwhile, they never were on the field, but you were actually on the field playing the opposing quarterback in high school. <laughs> Yeah, I never understood that, you know, what you're talking about when it's like, oh, this quarterback versus this quarterback, because they don't. They don't face each other. They face, the, you know, the defense. But, um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a trip for, I guess, most uh, opponents to see me line up at quarterback and then turn around and be the middle linebacker, the starting middle linebacker. But um, I was much better at linebacker. But it was it was weird because I didn't get I didn't get really recruited much at all leaving high school. In fact, I had four total offers three of which were to play quarterback, uh, you know, over, over on the East Coast. UConn, Rutgers, and Temple were recruiting me to play quarterback. And um, I was like, man, I don't I, – when I talked to the staff, I was like, I don't see any 5'11 quarterbacks in the NFL. And <laughs> but I, see, I see a shitload of 5'11 linebackers. So, you know, with Dat Wynn, Dexter Coakley, Sam Mills, um, you know, London Fletcher – you know, all the guys I looked up to, Al Wilson, I go, yo, I'm going to take my chances playing linebacker. And so I, I went to 1AA, you know, Division 1AA, University of Maine, to play linebacker. That's awesome. Meanwhile, today, now there's like a ton of quarterbacks that are shorter, uh, or at least of the variety. Even, look at the Seahawks quarterback. Was, was Russ six feet tall? Ooh, I feel like he's not. Russ, Russ like 5'10 and a half, 5'11. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, but the, the read options out, you know, these days. And so – you know, guys like him, Kyler Murray, you know, they can get it done, you know, through the air or on the ground. And I really wish that that was the style of offense we had. We were just straight up, you know, run the ball. And we, we threw it maybe 10 times a game. We relied on defense. <laughs> you, were, you were like the, the Broncos when we had Tebow. First <laughs> much. I could throw – hey, no disrespect to my man Tim Tebow, big fan of his. I could throw it a little better than Tebow, though. I, I was going to ask if they had to line you out for a little trick play, if you could still throw it. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I got, I got arm strength and accuracy. I just I was, it, It's hard to see when you're 5'11", though. I don't know how Ross <laughs> does it. I was thinking, uh, what quarterbacks in the NFL today do you think could get away with playing both quarterback and linebacker? You know, like Josh Allen, uh, maybe oh, Cam Newton. Josh Allen, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, listen, Jameis, he has a ton of practice trying to tackle those defenders every time he throws an interception. That's so. wrong. <laughs> Yeah, no, Josh Allen would be a good one. Cam, 
Dude, I, I didn't realize how big Cam was until when I was coaching with the Hawks in 15 and 16. We went to play Carolina. It seemed like we played them every year. And in warm-ups, looking over, it looked like a defensive end. I mean, 6'6", got to be 255, 260, and he could fly. It was uh, – it's incredible, you know, the athletes that are in the NFL today. So we, we met each other, I believe, when we did our little series where we was named an underappreciated linebacker, I think. And I think quite a few people tagged you on our post. And uh, it was actually pretty cool because I told Sean, I was like, hey, Lofa just followed us. And he said that you were actually like one of his favorite players to watch growing Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, that was a, I like those segments that you guys do, you know, um, because it's uh, – yeah, there's a lot of guys that – aren't, you know, remembered or aren't given the, you know, the shine that they deserve. Like I tagged, I think I tagged uh, Zach Thomas, who should be in the Hall of Fame and uh, should be, Car for sure. Carlos, Carlos Dansby, who, yeah. dude, I, I love watching the guys and I still do, that could do it all. They had no weakness in their game. And I um, mean, if you look at, you know, my man Carlos's numbers, they're up there, they're, they surpass a lot of Hall of Famers. Yeah, I, I loved watching Carlos. He actually dropped us a follow up from that too. So it's really cool <laughs> to have foreign players right on, uh, show some love and stick around. And we, we love it too, because it, it brings me back like memory lane, like seeing all those names. And uh, I remember doing the DB ones. Cause I've always been like obsessed with DBs and it was Pat Sertain senior. Mm. It was, uh, um, who are some other good ones? Madison is teammate Madison. Yeah. Uh, Roy Williams, the old Dallas safety, I loved him. <laughs> yeah. Guys like that, I I love going back those names. People that I grew up with, like playing on Madden, doing my fantasy drafts, picking everyone. So yeah, and no, it's always fun to see those names. Yeah, that's a dope segment, and yeah, it does. It takes you back, you know, because um, like when they were when I do you know pods or interviews, they ask me who my favorite player was. Well, when I was growing up, my dad was he was a running back. And uh, so I always thought I was going to be a running back until I found out I was better at hitting people than I was at running the ball. And uh, so I started watching a lot of running backs when I was a kid, though. And uh, my favorite of all time, Thurman Thomas from the Buffalo Bills. Yep. And so the one game I always got to go to was when the Patriots played Buffalo. I went to that like every year when I was a kid. What is it more fun doing, hitting people or – you know, having getting all the yards, being the running back, being the receiver, the quarterback. What do you think is more fun? Um, you know, for me, I loved playing defense. You know, I played offense because I had to, but um, you know, I think I fell in love with the the actual you know physical aspect of the game and and seeing you know how far you're willing to go. You know, pushing those boundaries of pain and mental toughness, and so that's. That's what I fell in love with. I was, a, I was a linebacker from the beginning. I just didn't know it. <laughs> so who, who would you say, like, right now, going back to the underappreciated things, who are some of your favorite linebackers or defenders in general right now that you don't really think get a lot of recognition that should? Hmm, I think, um, man, I'm drawing a blank even on his name. Xavier Howard, the, the corner from, from Miami. Yep. Yeah, if you want to talk DBs, we, we, we can start there. Um, man, I mean, the guy, he's averaging like five or six interceptions. I think he led the league twice already in his first like four or five years. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not like the Dolphins have been playing with the lead his entire, you know, career. They haven't had a number one offense, you know, that, you know, he's got to, 
reap the benefits of seeing a lot of pass attempts his way. So that's, that's something that really stands out. Um, is, it, uh, is it Jackson from uh, New England? I don't even think he was. J.C. Jackson, yep. Yeah, I don't even think he was drafted. I think in his first three years, he has like 17 interceptions. It's, so it's like, I'm a big yeah. numbers guy, like stats, you know. Like tackles are cool and all, but you got to affect the game more than just that way as a linebacker. You know, um, so interceptions, sacks, forced fumbles, you got to, you know, you got to do it all. That's what I, I love watching guys that could do it all. Um, and in my generations, like I was saying, guys, I, I really respected Carlos Dansby, Daryl Smith um, from the Jaguars. He played all three positions, Mike, Sam, Will. I thought he was a Mike his whole career, but they just used him everywhere in Jacksonville. When he went to Baltimore, I think he had like a pro bowl or two. And he could have been a he could have been an eight ten time Pro Bowler if they, they left him at Mike his whole career. Um, other guys that are underrated, I don't know. I, my man KJ Wright. I mean, I don't know how many more yeah, KJ. I don't know how many more interceptions and sacks he needs to put up. His last two years have been his most productive. Year nine and ten have been the most productive. And um, you know, there's there's you know talks like can we get him signed back? I mean, I know. A lot of our D coordinators or coaches in the past are D coordinators elsewhere, and they know the value that he brings. And I wouldn't be surprised with some of them getting head coaching jobs, like Robert Sala in New York, if they don't pay KJ. To be, yeah, to be one of those core guys, just to teach, you know, the the team, like, hey, this is this is how we got it done in Seattle, and um, you know, this is the kind of things like put it in that extra film work you know, getting there at 5 a.m. and staying until 5 p.m., like that's that's a normal work day for, for KG and the guys. And so, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we saw him, you know, get paid to go somewhere and uh, and start a culture there. Yeah, I can see that. The, the thing with KJ, too, is you're totally right. Like, we've been doing these series the last few days where we look at draft classes and make a team from each draft class. And I listed KJ – as the linebacker on one of the teams and people were acting like he was the weak spot. They were like, KJ, right? Really? I'm like, come on, man. Well, that, and part of it's because, you know, Bobby gets all the shine, you know, yeah. I mean, right, rightfully so Bobby's the best middle linebacker. I know uh, Leonard from the Colts has put up some ridiculous numbers. And I mean, he's well on his way to be in that conversation if he's not already. And I mean, we can't dismiss what Devin White just did in his second year, 140 tackles, nine sacks. Like, I mean, that's incredible for a stand-up middle linebacker. But it's kind of like when when me and Julian Peterson were getting so much credit and going to Pro Bowls, my man Leroy Hill got left out, and sometimes he had a better year. And, um, you know, so it's unfortunate, but it's like, it's just the way it goes sometimes. It's kind of like J.C. Jackson playing across from Stephon Gilmore. So. It, absolutely, it is, yeah. We were talking to Akib Tlaib a couple episodes ago about – how the league has kind of changed from more offensive, right? Like all the rules are almost against the defense now. What, like compared to when you play, how do you think linebackers change now? Like, is there any differences or still remain the same? Well, shit, you can't hit anybody anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's for one. <laughs> I mean, no, first and foremost, you know, the, when a guy has to worry about where that middle linebacker or where the hits are coming from, um, you know, that their mind starts thinking elsewhere than making the reception or, you know, finding the whole, you know, and reading it true to form and not just like, okay, well, shit, if I go in there, I got to face Bobby. Maybe I'll just, you know, I know that's the right route because it's a one-on-one, -on -one, but maybe I'll take it outside where I face two guys and, and try my luck there. 
you know, so, but um, like I said, you know, that one, I think in 2000, it's also the consistency of the calls, you know, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, because when they change a rule, they don't, you know, like the, the first one was the, the instant replay and how many times it was like, oh, it's got to be irrefutable evidence. And like most of the times there was, it's common sense stuff we're talking. And they were just like, well, we called it on the field like that, so we can't reverse it. And then, um, you know, the there's so many that I could bring it, like Calvin Johnson, that, you know, wasn't oh, a catch. The drop oh, of the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he had like four feet down. Like, what are, yeah. we, what are we talking about? And this is one of the most sure-handed receivers we've ever seen. I can understand if it was like a rookie and, you know, he's not going to get that call. But it's Calvin Johnson, man. So, and then illegal contact, I think that came out in 07. And it was like, receivers and tight ends were just pushing off and getting away with it. But if we jammed like we do inside five yards, all of a sudden they were throwing flags left and right. So um, the way the game's changed, man, it's, it's hard to play as a defender, you know, and I'm not, I'm not even being biased. It's like, yeah, that's why we're seeing all these 400 yard passing games. That's why we're seeing everybody wants to see touchdowns. Let's get serious. Only football guys love defense. Well, offense puts asses in seats. That's that's the whole point. That's what they notice. They're like, oh, more points, more people watch. I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah. It is, it is. But there's something special about seeing, you know, that like 0-1 Ravens defense or the Bucks and you know, or even the the the, the Hawks. Broncos. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> there's, there's something special about seeing like a suffocating, just dominating defense that is just laying people out. Yeah, even the Bucks this past year, I, you know, they were kind of – they weren't dominant until the playoffs, really. And even in the playoffs, like, against Washington, they struggled against their Taylor Heineke and then uh, oh, Aaron hey, Rodgers had a good game. Hey, don't, don't knock Heineke. I'm a believer. Ever since he left Old Dominion, I've been saying, if this kid could just get a chance, he's a competitor. And at that position, quarterback, you need the ultimate competitor that, you know, doesn't matter how many times he gets knocked down or what. And I'm, I'm excited – now, I know Washington, they just signed him to a two-year deal, but I, I guarantee you they're probably just going to go draft the first-rounder, you know, and put him in front. But, yo, it's um, – I mean, I'm not saying he's Russ Wilson. You know, Russ came in, and Russ had an opportunity to win over the team. And I just – by seeing some of the comments from Chase Young and the Washington team, they rallied around him. And I mean, Chase were, Young loved him, for sure. Yeah. They, they were within a possession of, of beating the defending – or the, the Super Bowl champs. When he made the one play where he scrambled, right? Like they, he got closed in on, he scrambled out and got a touch. I was like, no, he's legit. I was like, they got to give him a chance. Like it, at the very least, they have to give him a shot next year. Yeah, especially with that defense. You really just need a competitive guy who focuses on moving the chains, you know, at least getting field goals. Because you can win with field goals with that defense um, and, and just not turning the ball over. And, I mean, I'm not saying a game manager – He's still a baller. He put up a ridiculous amount of yards winning the Walter Payton in one double A. Um, so I, I have confidence that he can make plays with his arm. But, um, yeah, just don't turn the ball over. and you, You'll go to the playoffs with that, that team for the next couple of years. Mm. I mean, even worse possible case scenario, and they draft a guy and he becomes a stud or whatever, backup QBs are important. And, like, even if he does stay there, he sticks around. I mean – he could win yeah. games for you if he has to fill in, for sure. So Absolutely, yeah. You could always end up with, like, the Colt McCoy career, too, right? Highest paid backup in the, in the league. Nothing wrong I with that, right? When we played the Giants, I was like, who is that quarterback? And they're like, yo, Colt McCoy, first start in, like, 
five years, first win in like seven. I was like, wow, I, I didn't even know Colt was still in there. <laughs> yeah, that man's lasted this long. He's still going. Unbelievable. Who, who is Good it? It's him and, him and Chase Daniel, I believe. I think Chase Daniels is the other one. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah. Wow. I was telling Jimmy uh, back when you had followed us, I went and I was looking up, you know, a lot of your stats. So like I said, you're one of my favorite players growing up. I can't believe you only played six years in the NFL. Like I didn't realize it, it felt like you played so long. And then I, I didn't realize you had torn your pack twice. Right. It was, it was with Seattle in like 2009. And then when you went signed with the Falcons, you tore it and they like, right after you signed the deal, you tore it and they had to release you. Like, yeah. I don't know why I felt like you played so long. You went to the Super Bowl, your rookie season. It just felt like it's so much longer of a career. I mean, I guess if you do it right, people remember. So hopefully <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't there for a long time. I was there for a good time. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's really the way it was, man. Um, I played through a lot of concussions early on in my career. And I feel like, you know, that led to more and more disconnect between the mind and body. Um, and I mean, over the span of the career, I probably had in the six years, and it's really, it was really only five years, five games, because I missed 11, 11 or 12 games in 09 when I tore yeah. my pick the first time. Um, just 10 surgeries, 15 concussions. I mean, it was, it was a pretty rough road. And I mean, that's why I'm so adamant about, you know, zone in CBD and what I do now, because it's repaired and put me back together. Like, I can't even... We don't have enough time for me to tell you all the things that it's done for me, but it's, it's real fellas. It's not, it's not snake oil. It's not, you know, uh, placebo. And um, it's, it's changing a lot of lives out there. I, I saw you say in a TMZ interview two years ago that you would make a comeback if they legalized it in the uh, NFL. <laughs> so, you know, now I'm wondering, are, are you going to make a return? And if so, my Raiders really need I mean, a linebacker. There he goes, <laughs> there <he> goes again. <laughs> I mean, I, I can make the comeback, but I mean, at 38, I don't know. I don't know how many teams, you know, are, are willing to put out a contract for a 38-year-old. So. Tom Brady's going. London Fletcher played till he's 40. I mean, there's got to be. Fletcher, London Fletcher still playing somewhere. London Fletcher is a beast. First of all, a guy, like, I think he hasn't, he never missed a start in his career. No, he's so. like the true Iron Man. Like, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, of football. Yeah, he's the, yeah, exactly. He's the Cal Ripken of football. I guarantee you. If you give London maybe a month to prepare, he could go back out there and play a full season. Um, but, you know, yeah, I would, I would love to go back, especially after seeing Tom win his seventh. I can't believe he just made his seventh. Like, it's unreal. Unbelievable. So, yeah, you get me a contract. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go start training and, uh, and I'll do it. I'll I, got, I got John Gruden on speed dial. You know, I'll, I'll go work it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> So back to your playing days, I don't think people realize how, especially how productive the first three years were where you had over 300 tackles and I believe eight interceptions over the first three years. Like I'd like to go back and compare like your first three years to some of these other guys first three years, just number wise. So I don't think people realize how crazy it was. It was good. Um, you know, that's, that's what I, I always modeled my game after the guys that, that could make a difference, you know, every game. You know, whether it's forcing a fumble, recovering one, sacks, pressures, interceptions, you have to, it's more than just tackles to me, you know, because I mean, I know a lot of people get wrapped up in, oh, well, he's got 150 tackles. I mean, that's fine. But I mean, where were the majority of them coming from? Were they 10 yards downfield or were they within three or four yards of the yeah. line of scrimmage? 
right? And so that's that's the difference when I'm watching a guy and how much I respect their game is like, are they forcing the issue? When they read it, do they react? And are they willing to take on the linemen? Because a lot of them, they're not. They're just going to hang out until the ball carrier pops out of a gap or, you know, they find the ball. And that's fine. That's that's just some guy's mentality. Mine was smash mouth, which is probably why I only lasted five years. Five years. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, I wouldn't be true to myself if I played any other way. And, um, you know, like I said, it was fun. You know, it, it's I wish it was a little longer, but I mean, I did it my way. Well, hey, people love the offense, but you, you remember the Smash Mouth guys. I remember watching Bob Sanders, LeBron mm-hmm. Landry, like all those guys. So, Well, and I mean, even like like my man Cam Chancellor. I mean, yeah. you say you love DB play. It's, it's really not sustainable to play the way we play. And I'm not saying I'm as good as any of those guys. I, th- I think those guys are all better than me, way better than me. I'm saying just we played the same style or same brand of ball. And – what I mean is like it was the fear, uh, the 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 pure um, m- making the opponent fear you, you know, going downhill doesn't matter. I mean, I lost a ton of the battles, but you know, going back and getting back up and going at it, I I, I could see people, guys, I could just see them wear down in you know in their facial expression, like like God damn, here comes that guy again. Like, yeah. what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> and um, so, I mean, that, that's the part that gets really fun is when, you know, your just sheer will and determination wears down your opponent um, over time. I, I was going to ask you to build, like, a Mount Rushmore of Seattle Seahawks, but instead I, I almost want a Mount Rushmore of Smash Mouth football players, like guys that just Ooh. either didn't want to play against or, like, you knew you were going to get rocked by them every time they, you know, came near you. Oh, man. Um I got to put my man Cam up there. Okay. Cam's got to go up there, man. I mean, just smash mouth for sure. Oh, man. Just one of the most violent, vicious players that, you know, I've ever seen. And I, you know, I got to play with him his rookie year. Him and Earl came in in 010 and 2010. It was incredible, you know, just uh, getting to take the field with those guys. I mean, Earl could go up there too. I mean, shit, the whole Legion of Boom could go there. <laughs> oh, they were just, they were nasty. Yeah, they, they were just straight up nasty. So, but I'm trying to think of just guys that, I mean, you Ray knew Lewis. a big hit was coming. Ray, Ray, Ray could be up there for sure. Um, maybe. <laughs> Bry was a really, Bry was one that could do, he could do anything. He could have played safety. He could have played the end because he was 6'6", 255. I mean, he could run. But um, and he did. He had some great hits. But his guy Lance Briggs now might have been more of the smash mouth. Lance Briggs would destroy any blocker, destroy any fullback. I mean, he brought he brought the noise every time he went he went downhill. So Lance, I'm gonna put Lance up there. I love watching Lance play. Um, so yeah, I'll put Ray, Cam, Lance, one more to round it out. I don't know who you guys got. I'm trying to think about it. Uh, I'm a little biased here. I was going to say you could maybe throw like a Steve Atwater up you there. Go Atwater. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was. I mean, he was straight up nasty. I, um, John Lynch. I mean, like I said, I'm a Bob Sanders guy. I like Bob Sanders. Johnny Lynch is awesome. I mean, what about the hitman, James Harrison? 
James Harrison. Oh, I mean, that, I, I thought he I, might have killed like two people in the football field. <laughs> yeah. When I talk about like guys that just there is no quit in them, like, you know, that's those are the guys that I look up to. Um, doesn't matter, you know, what what the stats were, you know, completely just like are they are they bringing it every day? You, and he you got more tackles in the game and you're just like, where is James Harrison? Like Oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, because, you know, we got great safety. Like you said, Bob, my boy Troy Palomalu. Um, I mean, those, those are some headhunters. Um, Jamal Adams, man, he, he plays a brand of ball that is just relentless. That's, that's, that's the shit I love, man. Like, flying around. He, he looks like a blur. And we got a bunch of 4-4 guys on that field here in Seattle. But he looks like he's playing at a different speed. So, but, uh, okay, so we got Ray, Cam, uh, Lance and uh, and yeah, we go hit man Harrison man. He he brings it every time. Could even I mean, let's go ahead. Right there. <laughs> yeah, you could even put. He doesn't even play defense, but Marshawn Lynch. I mean, who the hell will say it? That's a good point. I went other people. I mean, you know, there's offensive linemen like Larry Allen. Man, I that was a nightmare facing that guy. I thought he broke my ribs one time. Uh, it, that's how hard he he punched. Um, oh. but yeah, just a beast. So, I mean, you're right. You could, you could put beast mode could definitely go up there. Um, trying am I leaving anybody off? There's so many, I mean, the list is long. It's a long list of guys who are big titter hitters, especially in the early 2000s. These, these days, you know who I love watching? Fucking not big at all, but I mean, just destroys people. Denzel Perryman. Oh, he, he's in the uh, the West, the, the yeah. AFC West. Yeah, I mean, you ever get a chance, go go back and watch his highlight film from, from college. I mean, it was just brutal. It was one of – I got to watch his film when he was leaving Miami. It was one of the most fun films I've ever watched. Like, every game someone was just getting knocked out. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't like to be familiar with those guys. We see them enough, so. <laughs> <laughs> I would, so, um, go ahead. Real dude. quick, just going to shoot here. Just something that I thought of from when uh, Tlaib was talking. We had a whole, not, not on our show, but he had a whole debate. Legion of Boom versus the Broncos no fly zone. Eesh. I know who you got. You know who <laughs> okay. I got. Make, make your case for your, your guys then. Okay. So you, you had the better safeties for sure. I'll give you the safeties. Uh, D. Stu and TJ Ward, they can't. They're not Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. I got that. But I think we got the corners. I think we got three better corners. You got Sherman. I'll give you Sherman. We had Tlaib. We had Chris Harris. And we had Roby, who was also a first-rounder. And you guys played that, that more of a drop zone scheme. Not taking anything away. That's what you guys do. That's your thing. Denver played man. A little bit tougher. You know, you got to stay on your man a little longer. They had a pass rush, which helped them. So take that with a grain of salt. But... I think when you look at the personnel, we got more corners. You got the safeties. I think we played a little bit tougher of a scheme than the Legion of Boom did. I'll give you that. I mean, you know, Seattle had some pass rush too, um, you know, with Cliff Averill, Michael Bennett, Clemens, you know. So, you know, I'd say not a wash. I mean, you guys had Von Miller, a couple other guys in there, right? But um, when I – it's tough, I know, because – you guys do play man, and we're staying zone, and we're even staying sides with the corners. But when you think about how deep that 
the that whole secondary was because we also had Maxi was there. Um, you know, so Browner was a starter. Maxi was coming in, and then um, at safety, Jerron Johnson. Like we, that was a squad. Just if someone went down, we would have been fine. You know, I don't, and I don't know if you guys would have been fine for you know. Maybe through one on the corner, but maybe maybe one, maybe one. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, again, it's it's uh, that's why they call it a debate. I mean, what what did uh, Keep say? I know I know what he said, but oh, he he took he took the no fly zone, and uh, Roby Roby made the comment that oh, we played man, they play zone, and that that's that was his thing. But if if we're being completely honest, if it wasn't for the Legion of Boom kicking our ass in that Super Bowl. There would be no no fly zone because we went out. We signed Talib. We signed Demarcus Ware. We signed T.J. Ward. We signed Darian Stewart. Oh yeah, yeah. And, well, you also go look at the argument like this: the Seahawks literally shut down the best offense of all time yeah. with that Broncos. I, I, I call that Super Bowl sabotage from play one. <laughs> we saw Peyton's snap go. Yeah. The next area code. That's, that's really the, the the defending argument right there is. Uh, <laughs> Man, you had them at the time the most prolific offense. They had smashed a bunch of records, held them to to eight points. Uh, that's a that's tough to yeah. combat that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the yeah. Thanks. That was the first Super Bowl that I got to watch with my own eyes because I was five when they played in '98. Oh, please! I'm all super excited. First Super Bowl I get to watch. At least I got to see Bruno Mars at halftime. <laughs> and then, oh, what do you know? Right out of halftime. We have Matt Prater can kick it out of the stadium. No, let's pooch kick it to Percy Harvin. Let him house it. <laughs> what a time. I got with the boost. A little salty, a little bit. <laughs> Last thing I have for you here. What is a USC being linebacker you? I swear to God. I mean, Brian Cushing, Ray Magaluga, Clay Matthews, yourself. Like, I, I mean, they were almost all at the same time. Keith Rivers. Like, it literally was just linebacker you. Every year you got a stud linebacker coming out of USC. I mean, what, what was it? Is it something in the water? Is the coaching staff? What was going on there? No, you, you hit it right there. Coaching staff. Um, they had a guy by the name of Ken Norton Jr., <laughs> he was the linebacker coach and he was responsible for the recruiting process of, of many of those guys. Um, so, um, Cush, Clay, no, Clay was there. I played a year with Clay, but then the next year, Cush, Ray Maluga, uh, Kaluka Mayava, mm. um, and, um, uh, trying to think, was I, well, Keith Rivers was there too already. I mean, yeah. he got the number, he got the coveted 55, <laughs> which was, you know, given out to a, the best player, like Willie Mack, uh, Junior Seau, all the greats, you know, wore it. My man, Ken Norton, went out and recruited all those guys. And so, every, I mean, every now and then you're going to see a school have a run on linebackers or position specific. I know, like Penn State, they had a run when they had Bowman, Puzlesny, uh, Connor. They had a run on linebackers too. And I, it's got to be whoever's recruiting them and developing that talent. And I mean, right now we're looking at LSU. I mean, they put out Quan Alexander, Deion Jones, um, Devin White, Pat Queen. Um, so, I mean, there's, you know, there's trends there for a lot of different schools. And uh, LSU, they also put out a lot of corners in their day too. Um, and then Bama just puts out everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what doesn't Bama put out? <laughs> God. So, but uh, when I look back at our time there, it was um, we were getting the best of the best, and then 
the, the way they were able to develop them um, and teach them how to be pros. That's why a lot of us had so much success going, going right to the league um, early, like making a Pro Bowl in year one. It was because not only was I on a good team, um, but, you know, it was knowing what to expect and, and, and being ready for, for that, for the NFL. Quick little shout out to one of the guys you named there, Navarro Bowman. That's another one of those guys doesn't get the credit they probably should because he was. I mean, he gets credit, but he got hurt. Yeah, he played, he, oh, good. he played next to Patrick Willis, so he, Patrick Willis always got. Yeah, I got a lot of love. And, and if you if you really um, in terms of like their game, um, Bowman had a more well-rounded game. Um, mm-hmm. He was he was starting to really come on. I mean, Pat Willis. I mean, I thought he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, you know, probably go in next year, but I thought he. He deserved to go in first ballot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now, now you're jogging my memory. So Bowman and then um, you guys remember David Harris? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. You know, him, Bart Scott, for the right reason. Bart Scott was Bart Scott. an absolute savage. Can't but um, <laughs> it's like Bart didn't get the credit when he was over there by Ray. Yeah. <laughs> Bart didn't get the credit he deserved when he was over there by Ray because he had some of the most productive years I've ever seen. He went over to New York. And he got a lot of the love, rightfully so. I mean, he was the leader there with Dave. But, uh, but Dave could do it all, man. And um, if you put up, like you're saying, you put up the numbers early on, I guarantee you Dave's first few years were up there with everybody. And um, he's a guy, you know, out of Michigan. I remember watching him play, and I was just like, yo, who is this dude? He's knocking people out, you know, uh, making picks, making sacks. Uh, so that's another one, uh, underrated. And then um, – We'll end the show with the, the most underrated that finally just won a Super Bowl, Levante David. Levante David. Yes, yeah. Levante David is so underrated. I got so much hate for my top 10 players in the Super Bowl. I had him fourth. I was like, how? How, how, how do you guys not recognize how great this guy is? I think he had 100-plus tackles and, like, five picks, five sacks, which has only been done by, like, Earl Acker and I think maybe one other person in a season. And he didn't even get a Pro Bowl vote. Like, no. he didn't get like it's it's insane, and it's, it's, uh, he's so taken for granted. It's crazy. Look, did you see what he did in the Super Bowl? He 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 had to go man to man with Kelsey, and I mean yeah. he might have you know over the top or whatever, which makes it a little easier. But you, Nick, I I've never seen anybody stay with Kelsey like that. Um, you know, I mean Kelsey's the best in the game. He's a mismatch for damn near everyone, but. Levante David, a guy that no one ever gives respect to or, you know, doesn't get the, the credit he deserves, just went in there and he hemmed him up a couple times. Yeah. For the last, like, two years, everybody was talking about, obviously, Bobby Wagner and then Darius Leonard coming onto the scene. And I'm like, you guys are forgetting about Levante David just because he doesn't get the media recognition. But yeah, we and do then, the little hidden player things where you do the stats and you look over and you see the stats. Oh, and it would awesome. be Levante David and everyone would be like, oh, wow, I didn't realize he was that good. Right. And then, you know, because I mean, they don't play as many nationally televised games and, and also they weren't doing a ton of winning and that, that matters to an extent. It plays into it. Does. But, um, but yeah, man, he was always fun to watch. Um, trying to think, is there anybody else I'm leaving out that I just loved watching? Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh, man, those backers were good back, back in my day. Uh, I liked watching. I loved. I know he's safety, oh, but yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I played with Troy at SC. I mean, the yeah. stuff they have stuff. I hope they didn't get rid of it on a film vault. Of he made an interception one time. He was covering the tight end. He was just flat-footed. Tight end ran ten yards at him and ran out. 
Troy didn't even move a muscle until he broke out. And he waited to see if Carson, Carson Palmer, was going to throw the ball. Carson's got a cannon for an arm. So Carson's like, oh, yeah, I got this. Just rifled it. Troy takes three steps and, like, tips the ball. Like, just straight out tips. And the ball falls, and everybody's like, oh, it's going to go to the ground. He does a single leg RDL, like his <laughs> other legs in the air, catches the ball with his fingertips at, you know, before an inch before the ground. And then I thought, I was like, okay, he's going to tear his fucking hamstring. <laughs> he stands straight back up and sprints for 50 yards for a touchdown. And I, I'm like, we were all like, what the hell is that? And I mean, that, so like I said, there's film of, you know, Troy you know, doing things in practice that I hope is not lost because, I mean, if you put that on YouTube, it'll get like fucking 10 million hits. Some of that stuff you have to see to believe. I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't believe it. How, you couldn't believe and you were there. Yeah, I watched it happen, how fast he got in those three steps, probably covered like five yards in like just one of the steps. He tipped the ball because he was going to go for the pick. He tipped it and the ball just somehow naturally slowly went to the ground, but we're all like, okay, you know, nice breakup. And then just took one more step, picked it up and went to the house. And we were just like, holy shit. Mo was <laughs> insane with him. He could but those backs that he played with, Barrier and Foot, those guys, <laughs> James Barrier, yeah, yep. he could do it all. Um, rush the passer, interceptions, um, you know, take on blocks. They were fun to watch, him, him and Foot. He, Troy had a, he was able to time the snaps way too well. The amount of times he jumped right over, that was like the most absurd thing, how he timed those so perfectly. Oh, it's insane. And then, you know, running down the line, like, you know, most of when they run away and you know, it's, it's not, it's not a play action or a boot. Um, you know, most guys, they just slowly jog over the top just to be a safety valve, right? Make sure if, if this breaks well, him, you know, Bob Sanders used to do it. Jamal Adams, I don't know. Like, it's high praise. He might be the best I've ever seen him do it. The, the one against the Rams where he, he kept Henderson. And Henderson's a fast running back. I mean, he's got home run speed. Um, he came around the edge, stopped him at the one-yard line, which is when we got the goal line stand um, to, to watch, which was four straight plays that were amazing. But that, that was, uh, you know, Jamal Adams is, like I said, playing on another level right now. Well, uh, do you have anything, Jimmy? I didn't want to cut you off. No, I was just going to say before we let him go, see if there's anything you wanted to plug, his company, his podcast, whatever you want people right. to check out, man, let them know. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, I'm on Instagram, Lopa underscore Tatupu. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I don't even really like check it. So <laughs> don't bother going there. But uh, Seahawks podcast on the, the Believe Sports Network. Uh that's uh, B-L-E-A-V Sports. Um, so anywhere you get your, your audio, that's where you can find us. And ZoneInCBD.com, like I said, um, you hear a lot of people advocating on behalf of it because it really is. It's um, changing lives. It's the, it's the future of health and wellness. And uh, the NFL is even looking more into it, finally, thank God, um, to, to help. And they're just going to put out a better product, meaning the players, a healthier you know, player and uh, – it's going to be exciting uh, to see guys play longer and, uh, and better when they're zoned in. <laughs> I like that. Lopa, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And uh, Gruden will be in touch soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Y'all stay blessed.
Hey, you too, man. I appreciate yeah. you.